morning, church, and greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. What a privilege to come into your houses this morning and share the word of God with you. This morning, I have titled the message that I'm going to be sharing with you, Embracing the Opportunities of the Current Season. Embracing the Opportunities of the Season. And we get our scripture reading for today from Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 to 11, but I'm just going to read only verse 1. Uh, the Bible says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. That's the NIV version. And the King James version says, There is a time for everything and a season for every purpose under heaven. Now, in the ancient Greeks... They used two words to describe time. They used the words chronos and kairos to describe time. Chronos, they used to refer to chronological sequential time. You know, time from five minutes to 10 minutes to 15 minutes, from one year to another, chronology. Now, in kairos, they used to signify an opportune time or an opportune moment. And so what I want to talk about today is an opportune moment, the Kairos time for us to embrace the opportunities of this season. Now, for us to be able to do that, for us to seize this Kairos moment, we need to first of all understand exactly what it is that is the purpose of this season. For our lives as individuals, for the life of the church, and for us as the body of Christ. Now, how we perceive the season will determine exactly what our reaction will be to that season or what our response will be to the season. Because if we perceive it as negative, our response will probably be negative. But if we see it as an opportune moment that God has provided for us to come into fulfillment of certain things in our destinies and lives, then we will react accordingly. So we need to understand what God is doing in this season. We need to understand what he expects us or how he expects us to respond so that we can respond appropriately. Hence, I am calling this an opportune season for us as children of God in the body of Christ. The Bible in Psalm 102 verse 13 says, Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, for the time to favor her, yes, the set time is come. Now, according to this Bible verse, according to Psalm 102 verse 13, there is a set time for favor of God to manifest upon you as a child of God as a, uh, and upon me as a child of God. So there's a set time and a set season for the favor of God. And I want to believe that this is also a set time, an opportune time for the favor of God upon the lives of his children and upon the body of Christ as a whole. I believe that this is a set time for spiritual growth for the body of Christ. I also believe that this is the set time for technological advancement for us as the body of Christ, but also for the entire world. I mean, we have become exposed to many ways of communicating without being with each other face to face. It's Zoom, MST, and all kinds of things that are going on now. So this is an opportune season also for technological advancement. It's an opportune season for economic growth. And people might say, how can you say it's an opportune season for economic growth when people are losing their jobs and when people are, are, are losing their businesses and incomes and things? Yes, old businesses may have become obsolete, 
but the Lord is busy downloading wisdom onto his children and into the house of God for new ideas, for new creative ideas, for new business opportunities. So I believe it's also an opportune time for economic growth. It is a time for social re-engineering. Our society has become uh, very selfish, and I think what this season has taught us is to rediscover and strengthen our values of Ubuntu, our values of social justice, our values of love for one another. And so I can go on and on and on and keep listing all the opportunities that I believe this season holds for us. But for the sake of this sermon this morning, I just want us to narrow it down to the spiritual opportunities that God has given to us as the body of Christ and as children of God. And I'm just going to key into three uh, uh, little opportunities as we uh, go through this sermon this morning. The first one I want to talk about is an opportunity for spiritual growth, awakening, and revival for the individual and for the body of Christ. I believe this is a season for us to grow and to wake up and update our spiritual life. I mean, all of us have all these technological gadgets, cell phones and whatever. You see what happens to your cell phone occasionally. It just kind of shuts down and begins to update its system. And during that time, you know, even if you want to put it on, it will not. Because it wants to update the system. If it doesn't do that, it will go obsolete. It will become, you know, outdated. So even we as children of God, we need to take time to say, this is a time for, for me to move to a higher level in terms of my relationship with God. And how do we update our spiritual life? It's by prayer, it's by fasting, it's by worship, it's by praise, it's by Continue, being continually in the presence of God so that we can sharpen our spiritual antenna to be able to pick up all the spiritual divine signals that God is busy downloading to us on a daily basis. Now, most of the time, we don't hear the Lord speak, not because he's not speaking, but because we are unable to upload or get what he is saying because our spiritual antenna is not sharp enough and so this is a time i believe for us to do that this is a time for us to become more alive in our relationship with god this is a time for us to increase our communion with god in romans chapter 13 verse 11 the bible says and do this understanding the present time the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over and the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Now, so the Bible is encouraging us to awaken, to be awakened to the season and to begin to shake up ourselves for a time of revival, for a time of rejuvenation of the spirit. We are seeing an awakening that we cannot actually attribute to anything. We can't attribute what is going on in the hearts of men currently to maybe some crusade or whatever. But God is touching the hearts of men in their homes, wherever they are, all over the world, both believers and unbelievers. And so it's a time for us to wake up, to watch and to pray so that we can move to our higher level of spirituality. The second aspect of spiritual uh, awakening I want to speak about, uh, an opportunity for this season, is an opportunity for family altars to be established, to be rebuilt, and to be strengthened, and for the Lordship of Jesus Christ to be established in every home. I guess 
even because of the way that we, we live, because of our lifestyle and our working, you know, most of the time we run off from home. We don't have time to spend together with the family, with children, you know, and to teach them the word of God. And so family altars have been broken or in some cases have even never been established. And I'm not talking about the homes of unbelievers. I'm talking about even the homes of believers as well. And as a result of that, uh, this period of lockdown, we've been in lockdown for more than 60 days. And so it has become an opportunity for families to come closer together, to find time to pray together, to worship together. If you read the Bible in Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 to 7, and I'll read just from verse 5. It says, these commandments, this is God now that was giving commandments to the children of Israel. He said, these commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. So basically, the Lord is saying, yes, you can make sure that you keep these commandments in your hearts and you do them, but it doesn't end there. It has to be impressed onto your children. So the family unit, I believe, is the smallest cell of the church. It is the building block, the tissue that builds the church. So the spiritually strong families will build a spiritually strong church. The church is as strong as the families that make up that church. And therefore, I believe that this season offers us as individuals and as families the opportunity to be strengthened uh, in the things of God and to grow also in the things of God. Now, there is an author who wrote in the book, his name is Stephen Covey. In his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Families, Stephen Covey mentions a lot of habits. But one of the habits he mentions is that families that are highly effective are those that sharpen the saw. You know, the saw is an instrument that you can use to cut something. And what he says is that in sharpening the saw, there are four key things that effective families must normally or should do uh, to keep the saw sharpened. And he says effective families must always strive to renew themselves in areas uh, of in many areas of life, including physical, social, mental, and spiritual. So basically, it's saying the only way a family can be at the cutting edge, sharpening its saw, is by sharpening its spiritual life. And that is what I mean by establishing and strengthening the family altar and bringing children into the knowledge of Christ and to understand how to learn and to worship God and honor God and to intercede for others. So I believe that this time has also given us the opportunity as families to do that. The third aspect I want to quickly talk about is the opportunity for the church as the church of Christ. I believe that this is an opportunity for the church of Christ to rise up, to be a source of hope, a source of love to the world, and to serve the vulnerable people through preaching of the word, through reaching out to those that are in need, through evangelizing, through all these opportunities. It's an opportunity for us to demonstrate the love of God to people who do not know God, and even to others who are just coming to the knowledge of Christ. You know, in the Bible, in Mark chapter 12, verse 28, one of the teachers of the law asked Jesus, he said, of all the commandments, which one is the most important? 
And Jesus replied and said, the first one is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the second, he says, is love your neighbor as yourself. And according to Jesus, there is no commandment that is greater than this. In fact, the Bible says that this commandment is more important than all the burnt offerings and all the sacrifices that we can ever make. Also in Luke chapter 10 verse 37, Jesus Christ himself describes a good Samaritan as a good neighbor because this was somebody who reached out to another person who was in need to help them in their time of need even though they were not expecting any, any return. So this is an opportunity for us as as, as the body of Christ, to love and serve and to give love and express care to those that are in need. Matthew chapter 25, verse 34 to 36 also summarizes that. I'm not going to read the detail, but you know the passage that talks about when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. And it goes on and on. And the Lord says that whatever we do to the least of these brothers and sisters, we are doing for him. And so the, the, the world is looking up to the church at this time to be that arm of love, of, of hope, of compassion, of help in this time of need. James chapter 1 verse 27 says, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, is to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Isaiah 58 verse 6 to 7, the Lord says, is not this the kind of fasting that I have chosen? To lose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? So basically all these scriptures are calling on us as the body of Christ and as children of God individually as well to say that religion, spirituality is nothing. It's like faith without works. We have to, at this point, rise up. This is the occasion for the church to rise up and, 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 and give a hand of help to the needy. We thank the Lord for Cornerstone Care Foundation, for the Dockers, and for all other uh, things that Cornerstone is doing to reach out. And we pray that God will continue to expand our territory in that area, that we will even do more than we think we, we can. So this pandemic has shown us, has revealed in our society the need that we have. It has shown that our lives revolve around one another. So instead of us focusing on the negatives and the fear of the coronavirus pandemic, let us ask the Lord to open our eyes and awaken our spirit to what he is doing so that we understand the season and we need to walk in that season. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, Paul prayed for his believers. He prayed for the believers in Ephesus. He said that their, the eyes of their understanding may be enlightened. And that prayer is relevant to us today. So I pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may understand what the season is about, what God is doing for in this season, and what God expects us, how God expects us as children of God to respond in this time. Even in 2 Kings, chapter 6, verse 17 to 20, you remember Pastor Shepherd's verse a couple of weeks ago? 
He spoke about Elisha who prayed to God to open the eyes of the servant so that the servant could see the chariots of the angelic armies of heaven that were around them to protect them. Because the servant was only seeing the chariots of the king of Arab that had come to attack them. And after the prayer of Elisha, God opened the eyes of, his, of, of Elisha's servant and he was able to see. So my prayer for us today is that God will also open our eyes, even at this time, for us to be awakened, that he will open our spiritual eyes, that we may be awakened to the opportunities of this season, that we may not look at it just negatively, but we may be able to say, God, what, what is it that you are doing? What is it that you expect us as individual children of God to do? What is it that you expect us as, as body of Christ to do? What opportunities should we take you know, during this time, and how should we rise up to this occasion? In the name of Jesus. And so even as I pray for those opportunities for the body of Christ, this morning I also want to invite those who may not know the Lord Jesus and cannot call Jesus their Lord and Savior. Those who do not have a special relationship with him. I want to invite those people to do so this morning by saying a simple prayer. For you can only enter in into these promises and enter in into these opportunities where you have had a special relationship with Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So let us pray this morning for those who want to give their lives to Christ. And I'll ask you to join me uh, in that prayer. If you have decided that this morning you want to surrender your life to the Lord, you can repeat after me and say this prayer. Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on the cross of Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life. Lord Jesus, come into my life and be my personal Lord and Savior. I believe that I am born again. I am cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I am the child of God in Jesus' name. So if you have prayed that prayer, congratulations. You have received the Lord. I'll say, get in touch with us. The number is showing on the screen. You'll find on that number where you call, you'll find counselors and people to advise you and provide you with support in your new journey as you walk with the Lord. Thank you and God bless you. Amen.